1: Hey there, Knicks fans, how you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast here with my co-host. I spent six hours with him last night. We're recording this. So I've lost track of what day it is. Tuesday? It's Tuesday night. i coming at you on a Wednesday. Um, it wasn't enough. I need more time with Jeremy Cohen. That's how crazy. Um, well, no, it's. we'll get into it. It wasn't a crazy night, but it's. it was a lot at once and but spaced out and now we're going to talk about it a little bit more
2: so uh first i'll ask you as always how are you doing jeremy great you know uh (laughs) just hopped up on on energy still it's the only thing keeping me awake really um i feel like i've just been staring at screens for so long you know I, i do it for work too but just in general the uh it's it's a lot to like have it go through your minds. And I'm sure for people as well as they're processing it too, there's a lot going on, but it's fun. It's, you know, I love this time of year. It's great.
1: Um, I love it too. Um, I, I love it too. And you know why? Because it's funny. We, I would argue that two of us probably spend as much time thinking about this stuff as probably about any person that doesn't work for the Knicks. And yet even though what happened was not, I don't think it was completely unreasonable. I actually think if we, if we went back in time and we like, and you told us this happened would be like, yeah, that's probably the most likely thing. I don't know if any of us had this, this result in our head. Did we? I didn't. I, I thought yeah. the
2: Knicks would commit to, you know, like one contract and then try to keep max space open. No. And they didn't do that. Then they decided all these other guys will pay everyone. And, no. We'll enter next season over the cap, uh, and it was a little surprising for me. But, but again, there were two halves, we and they picked <laughs> they picked the one one of the other ones. So I I was fine with it, and still. So, am.
1: so we're going to we're going to talk. Uh, so this show is going to be basically two halves. We're going to um, talk a little bit more about. So twenty four hours later, well, yeah, about twenty four hours later. Um, you know what are what are our thoughts? Um, after we actually update what happened today on Tuesday. So just, again, timestamp, it's 9.02 as I am speaking these words. Um, if something happens after this um, and we didn't talk about it, sorry. Um, so, you know, we're going to give a little one more retrospective and then we're going to kind of look um, maybe around the league a little bit. Uh, some things maybe we wish the Knicks did, some things maybe we're happy the Knicks didn't do, some other teams of interest, Um you know, uh, things to be thankful for that have to do with $87 million. 87? Yeah, 87. Um, we'll get all, to all that in a bit. First, let's update um, the stuff that did not happen last night. So um, I guess the going to start with Taj. So most, the Knicks added another player. It's a player we know very well by now. It's a, it'll be his third season with the Knicks, second of which is uh, on a uh, vet minimum, and that's Taj Gibson. So welcome back, Taj. Round of applause for Taj Gibson. We love Taj Gibson here at Next Film School. Um, I don't have much to say about that. Do you, do you have anything, Jeremy? I'm happy
2: to see Taj back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah. the. I mean, you know, I don't know what kind of role he's going to play because I would imagine he maybe could have played a prominent role elsewhere. I, I don't think he'll be back to what he was doing last year when Mitch was injured, but I'm sure they basically feel like you're really important to the culture. Yes. Um You are an injury away from getting significant minutes and you probably thought, great, I can live with that. It's fine by me. Let's ride.
1: I um, hope that this is leading to a role with the organization long-term. I'm not saying that's why, why they did this, but I just, for what it's worth, um, Cause we, I think it was someone reported that he had bigger offers elsewhere. He could have gone. Um, someone may have even guaranteed him a role. I don't think he feels like he's going to be guaranteed a role here. And just, you know, for anybody who's like, well, if you brought Taj back, why didn't you need to sign Noel to that contract? We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I think what's great about Taj is he's always ready to step in and play 30 minutes if you need him. But at the same time, he is 36 years old. And I, I don't know that it's ever wise to, um, rely on on an older player to play like a key a key role for him. So I think he's back in the perfect capacity. Like you said, he could step up if, if needed. If not, it's no big deal. Um, the other big thing, um, well, I guess too, too big. So let's stick with what the Knicks actually did. Um the contracts that were signed, uh, so we, it was reported last night that uh, Evan Fournier's deal was three guaranteed years with a, a fourth-year team option. Um, it was initially reported that Burke's deal was three years fully guaranteed, um, and the reporting on the other two players, Noel and Rose, were uncertain as to the guarantees. Ian Bagley reported today, first of all, he um, SNY retracted their report that uh, the Burke's contract was fully guaranteed for three years. They obviously apologized for the error. They're awesome. So no harm, no foul. Um, but it, it uh, seems as if either all or most of the final years on each of those contracts, the third years for Rose, Noel and Burks um, are are not guaranteed. Um, I, I think a lot of people think this is very significant. I, I wasn't really making a huge deal out of the third years that said in the case of Rose in particular, just because of the health thing, I I do kind of think it's, it's, it's not me. It's, it's meaningful. Um, so again, I'll turn to you. What are your thoughts on this?
2: I think it is very significant. I mean, it's basically the Knicks have, have more control than we thought they were going to in terms of an out clause with that. And I think that was the other thing. Like the reason I reacted so strongly to, um, I mean, in particular, Noel was just based on the fact that, we were operating on the, on the assumption that the third year was guaranteed. And then later on we found out, Oh, that's not the case. And so now you're looking at, it's like two years and $20 million. That is much more palatable. If you need to have that third year, you can assess if not, that's fine. You can, you can cut them loose. So Mm -hmm. I think it changes the dynamic completely, especially if we're talking about any of these pieces as trade pieces, you know, like if the Knicks turned around and made a deal at the deadline, then a team basically that's acquiring these players is saying, oh, well, I take on these players for two and a half years. No, you just take them on for one and a half. And it could be that nothing happens this season. And then it's in the summer and yeah. it's, oh, we could basically have an expiring contract. We could even potentially flip those players for more. Love it. Let's do that. So I think it really does matter quite a bit. And it's it's really, I'm, I
1: literally just thought of this now and we just saw it in Miami. Miami had the chance to open up a ton of cap room to stay as a or stay over as an over the cap team, the Knicks, presuming they don't trade these players in the next two years, which I think we both think that they, they may. Um, but just for argument's sake, let's say we get to the summer of 2023, um, they're going to essentially have the opportunity to either open up a max something close to a max slot or kind of remain maybe over the cap, which talk about um flexibility. And again, a lot could happen in the next two years that affect their salary cap, but the it, the. The the benefit of team options, as you're alluding to, Jeremy, is not just in and of the option itself. It it is what it allows you to to um, do as far as maneuvering with your cap. So good good job by them. Um, I guess should we the, the last thing I, you know should we talk about the point guards that were signed today? I know we said we'd save the the other league stuff, but we should at least say so off the board that weren't off the board last night. Um, let me know if I've missed anybody um Kendrick Nunn I'm going I think I'm going to go in reverse order here so Kendrick Nunn um off the board um who, who else is off the board I'm Spencer like Spencer Dinwiddie is off the board Spencer Dinwiddie I feel like Spencer Dinwiddie was kind of off the board already but
2: it, he's now Official. officially yeah off the board uh Patty Mills Ish Smith some of the names.
1: Yeah, Patty. I think it was none the only. Maybe that's why I was drawing a blank because I think none is the only really big one, right? That, uh, that people were waiting around to see, like, could he be the starter? Because the other two that are still out there, Reggie Jackson and Dennis Schroeder, I feel like those are the other two. I'm trying to think who else got signed today. Yeah, I guess really. Yeah, I guess really it was just Kendrick Nunn. And it, yeah, Patty Mills, like you said. Okay. So that's not. <laughs> Clearly, you wanted Patty Mills on the Knicks. My phone wanted it, I guess. But yeah, I guess so. Um, Um, Okay, so this is the lay of the land. Um, How are you feeling today about everything in retrospect with with a day to sleep on it?
2: Good. Listen, I feel I feel good about it. I kind of woke up and my thought process was we don't have to worry about the Knicks, you know, putting a lot of eggs in their one basket for next year, because that was really my biggest worry. Yep. You have three great players, or v- at least very good players, in in Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, and Zach Levine. Yep. And my biggest concern was, if the Knicks keep all this cap space open and all of them either re-sign or sign somewhere else, what is your backup move? What are you going to do? And can we and, say, sorry, Curry extended
1: today. That was, we should probably mention that. Curry extended today. And Zach Levine didn't sign anything today. Um, but the Bulls did something that... Man, it sure seems like it's setting up him signing for the Max uh, with, with that team uh, a summer from now because they have DeMar DeRozan now. Anyway, it's going to continue, right. sorry.
2: So if you don't have those players, then who's next? It's like Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and, you know, that that kind of whole tier of guys. It's worse than what we're seeing this year. So the front office basically assessed and said, if we don't feel confident in us landing one of those three players, then what we're gonna do instead is spend now. And it's kind of like what Brock Oller did, not specifically him, but, but as part of a collective unit in Cleveland, where the Cavs would extend a lot of players and get them on longer term deals, because they figure, hey, instead of us dealing with the whole free agency thing and, and maybe we can't trade you during the draft and all that, let's just get you locked under contract and like, it's like, you know, the only deadline or the only, the only um, time the Knicks can't trade these players is until December 15th. So in their minds, it's basically like, after, after that, we can do anything. We could do it at the deadline, we can do it at the draft, we could do it for agency, we could do the next one. It keeps going yep. on and on. So yep. the Knicks paid the price for a year's worth of team control yes. um, ahead of time. Because again, like, let's say that happens next year and the Knicks are kicking the can down the road and they have $40 million in cap space and let's say Damian Lillard becomes available, the the Blazers aren't going to trade Lillard into cap space. They're going to want trade filler. They're going to want picks, and they're going to want young players. And that's really important, and that's what the Knicks are providing.
1: Yeah, the the notion that the Knicks were going to keep open um, a ton of, a few things. The notion that, and maybe we should have made this clearer last night, the notion that the Knicks were going to keep, Four, well, what does Lillard make for uh, in 22, 20, or yeah twenty two? He makes something close to forty million dollars, right? He'll
2: make forty two million, not this season, but the one after.
1: Yeah, so the the no, and he's going to make close to forty this year. Then I, I the, and this is again maybe slight disagreement between the two of us. The notion that they were going to keep open that much money in contracts that were going to expire after this year to me was always a little bit silly. And if you if you look. So I, I just a very very quick list of players I, I took a, I took away or I didn't count players that signed one year deals um with um uh contenders or t- really cheap two year deals with contenders because those are not representative a representative sample size of the types of players that you could get on one year deals because we know um players you know don't don't uh Sign for as much as they can to go to a contender. So the players that I have that signed on one-year deals for non-contenders: Cody Zeller, Gorgie Jang, Robin Lopez, Trey Lyles, Torrey Craig, Alex Len, Sterling Brown. Um, I maybe there's one that I missed somewhere along. And there's a few others that'll probably may sign. You know, oh Ish Smith, I think it was one-year deal. Um, two years. You got a team option. Oh, you got a two. Got a two year. Okay, there you go. The the point is like. The Knicks were not going to kick continuity completely to the side just to have one less year of guaranteed money on players that, you know, are this is high probability are, are not going to replicate what, you know, the kind of the special brew that they had um, last year. So that's significant. I, I think if you want to have a gripe with the offseason, it is in the value that the Knicks placed on continuity. Um, if you want to sit here and tell me that you would rather have Lonzo Ball for twenty million dollars a year than pick two of the three play- pick two of the three non-Fournier players that the Knicks signed, um, and say I'd rather have Lonzo Ball than that, again, Jeremy, you don't like Lonzo Ball, right?
2: No, I do. I, I I just don't like him for the role that that I think a lot of people figured he would be, which is a lead guard. And guess what? Yeah. That's not what he's going to be in Chicago. Or the second guard, for that matter,
1: after right. the other guy they brought in today, which we'll get to later. Um, yeah, it, it, there's a there's a very distinct chance that that could have gone poorly here in New York, um, and you'd be and and it would be a situation where midway through the first year of that contract, all of a sudden the league looks around and be like, that doesn't look for that's three more years at sixty. M-. So there's a downside risk. There's upside risk there. Hundred percent. There's an upside or upside. Uh, uh, benefit there. There's also a downside risk. Um, you know, this is a little bit of like, you know, the devil, you know. Um, but again, if you want to say that the Knicks played a little too safe, maybe they could have let one of the three guys go. But again, who do you want to let go? And, and the obvious answer is probably Noel. Um, but they kicked the can down the road. Um, this is what they did. They kicked the can down the road and they did it in a way that they felt comfortable with and they upgraded at the one spot that they they needed to uh, absolutely upgrade with um, or upgrade on, which is a wing that could actually do some stuff.
2: I, I don't see them as kicking the can down the road for this. What do you see it as? Well, kicking the can down the road to me would have been just one year deal like, hey, let's try to get back to our main goal, which is getting a star and we'll worry about that. This is a commitment. This is... Yeah, That's fair. we're committing for the next two, maybe three years, especially for Fournier, three, maybe four, yes. of having these guys on the payroll. Like, to me, kicking the can would be, let's get out of this deal as soon as we can. And the Knicks didn't do that.
1: Well, they couldn't get out. I think the, the point is that they can... Kicking <laughs> the can down the road as far as... Um, we We did not get Kyle Lowry, who was the quote-unquote best player that we could have gotten this summer, right? So we are now going to wait until the next opportunity such that a, a And we hope that the, the player that they eventually target is better than 35 year old Kyle Lowry, but like, we're going to keep the, the, as you said, keep the powder dry. Right. And, and what they did with these contracts is going to make it easier for them to complete that deal. And I just have to say this really quick and it's going to be in my newsletter, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. The notion that like the contracts that they signed, even if they were three year deals, is going to make it appreciably more difficult for them to complete a Damian Lillard trade. Yes, I'm referencing John Holl- Hollinger's column in the athletic this morning. Is nonsense. It absolute nonsense. Because if you think that Portland's gonna be like, okay, let's see. They checked off the boxes for the young players that we want. They checked off the boxes for the draft picks they want, but oh wait a minute, no. We sorry, we needed Nerland's Noel on only one more year and eight million dollars, two more years at at 20. The deal break like no that's I'm sorry that's quite frankly it's ridiculous they didn't make their lives any harder when these star trades happen the 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 salary filler is completely secondary the only thing you can't have is the salary filler is like Kevin Love and you know two years and whatever however many million dollars um, I other just wanted people, to say that
2: yeah of course and other people have mentioned this so I'm not certainly not the first but if you look at what the Miami Heat accomplished four years ago or so look at the contracts oh. they had Hassan Whiteside Tyler Johnson, Kelly O'Linick, James Johnson, yes. um, they got all of these awful deals off of the books yes. and they turned out just fine. They made a finals appearance. Granted, it was in a bubble, but they did it. They were the ones who were able to lure Kyle Lowry. They got Jimmy Butler. They were able to make things happen. So like, there are exit strategies to these deals. And the Always. fact that there's going to be a team option on the third year for everyone except Fournier and then that's on the fourth year, I think that's crucial. But I, I, see, yeah. I see kicking the can down the road as what last year was, which is, okay, That's we don't fair. really know That's what fair. we are. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep cap space open. We'll sign guys to one-year deals. Then we'll reassess. And they're, you know, they're in a long-term and, engagement right now.
1: The only other thing I want to say, and then you know, we probably move on to the rest of the league, because I, I feel like we just talked about this so much last night. And I don't have a, a ton more or, or different to say. Um, it's, it's funny how quickly we forget. This organization has been dog shit for the better part of twenty years. It sucked it has sucked to be a Nick. i mean we we make the best of it and we love our Knicks, and we'll always love our Knicks. but there's been some rough times um we just had a really great year and i'm and and here's the thing though that you just referenced the heat team in which they had a this magical run right that was the, that's where they i think they signed all those contracts after the they went thirty one and Ten after starting ten and thirty one, right, mm-hmm. is when he resigned signed those. Guys. Okay, those contracts, Go back and look at the James Johnson deal, the the Kelly O'Linick deal, like, and that was at a lower cap. What the Knicks did here with re- bringing these players back, that's not what Pat Riley did. However many years ago that was, four, th- three, four, five years ago. Um, this there's a lot more flexibility here. And uh, the reason I say that is because to say, oh, you had a nice year, we got to bring everybody back. No, 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 you don't necessarily. There's There's a price point at which you don't do that. But to go the other direction and say, well, the Knicks had this great year, but it was fool's gold. Let's just toss away all of the stuff that made it what it was. That's just as silly. Um, there was clearly something here that worked and it had to do with the players that was here. It's not all, you know, World Wide West and, and Leon Rose. Um, so I, for one, am, am happy to get to root for, you know, relatively the same core. Again, I think that's a cool thing. And I, I do kind of think that they may be able to continue playing well, especially with the growth of the young players and
2: um, the addition of 48.
1: So that, that's the only other thing I wanted to say there.
2: Yeah, again, I, th- I think at the end of the day, Leon Rose was left with a difficult decision. And look, Knicks fans have a diverse set of opinions. So no one was ever really going to be happy. It's very kind. Like, of that's said. just the truth of it. So <laughs> Leon Rose picked a direction. He's leaning into it. I I like that direction. It is fine. It is good. No one is, you know, commending Leon Rose okay. for spending money. It's the sort of thing where he he made this team better and he's still working on it because yeah. of the fact that the Knicks still have a little bit of cap space, cap space left over. So um,
0: that's Good something to that consider. Good transition. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: Uh so should we talk about who we want them to spend the cap space on? <laughs> sure. Uh actually uh one thing, because I actually got caught in this earlier today. Um if you if you account for the fact that they are not gonna waive Vildoza, um, and you account for both of the the prominent rookies, Grimes and uh McBride, taking spots on the team, I think they are at fifteen players, correct? Fourteen. There are 14 players. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have to go through this now. This is this is, live, this is quality podcasting, folks. Um, so, R- Randall, Barrett, Knox, Toppin, um, Vildoza, Quickly, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, that was seven right there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought back uh, Burks, Rose, Noel, Taj. Okay, that's 11. Uh, they added Fournier. That's 12. McBride, Grimes. 14. Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting anybody? I'm not forgetting anybody, right? Nope, that's 14. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. I was wrong. You were right. Hey, ha. hate when I have to say that. So they do have one extra roster spot. Um, potentially, too, if they waive Vildoza for a little bit more money. Um,
2: do you have one person in your mind that you want them to add? Um, no, I, that's the beauty of it. I don't. There are some candidates, right? So uh the two most obvious ones that are available in free agents are reggie jackson and uh dennis schroeder of course the thing with kendrick nunn passing the knicks up for more money in or for less money in la i think and i don't have anything to back this up but just a thought kendrick nunn received a player option on the second year and if we're looking at what the knicks have done with these contracts they haven't given anyone a player option it's been you know team options non-guaranteed these are our terms We'll pay you well, but that we want some more control here. And I, I'm guessing that that probably was a reason for why he did not want to be in New York. He wanted that out clause for himself. He, got he also it.
1: gets to go to the the clear favorite in the West because, for yes. as much as we might shit on the Lakers, and we'll talk about a little bit about the Lakers later, um, given the injury situation with Jamal Murray, um, given the fact that uh, Kawhi Leonard may not play basketball next year, um, I I mean. If you're gonna make some of the favorites, favorite, make it the Lakers. Um, I have a something to throw at you. Do you think the fact that because for Kendrick Nunn to have turned down an offer from the Knicks, um, and maybe he didn't turn it down, maybe you're right, maybe they just wouldn't uh, acquiesce to his terms, but clearly they they're going after they were going after Nunn before he signed with LA. Do you think that that means that they are not nearly as high on Dennis Schroeder as? We were led to believe, which at this point I th- I think is kind of obvious. Or do you just think that Dennis Schroeder is holding out hope that, I don't know, the cap space ferry is going to fly down from the sky and grant some team, you know, $20 million to give him. But I, I feel like it may be a little column A, a little bit column B, but I was thinking about that earlier today.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think another thing with Schroeder as well is you know, maybe the Lakers do some sort of situation where they bring him back for a year. And then it makes of, sense. And then it's like, well, look, we were going to use this money for a traded player exception. We'll just bring you back for a higher salary. We can then match you and none. And then we can get Buddy healed, like that sort of thing where. So I don't know exactly what their mindset is. I don't know as well of if, um, if something that's complicating is the fact that this would need to be a sign in trade, most likely. There would need to be moving parts, you know? So we talked about there are 14 roster spots. If you're bringing Schroeder in, great, you're at 15. But if you want to make the math work, you have to send someone out. And there's also the room exception that the Knicks still have once they reach their limit with cap space. So that's also, then you would be at 16 if you shipped one guy in, one guy out and and everything. So now you have to worry about two out. So, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. This This is also where the Vildoza thing kind of comes in handy. So... You know, the Knicks could trade Knox and Vildoza somewhere else, maybe to a team like the Thunder. They've got a bunch of uh, TPEs. They could absorb those salaries. The Lakers then get a traded player exception. The Knicks get Schroeder. Or they could do the same thing with the Clippers and uh, Reggie Jackson. But then, you know, the thought process is, okay, you're getting the room exception. You get someone. You're at 15. You then re-sign Theo Pinson to a two-way. You sign Jericho Sims to a two-way. You're set. That's great. Another option, of course, is that the Knicks could do exactly that, but take Luca Vildoza out of that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, they could just send Knox out and then they could cut Luca Vildoza. And as a result, the Knicks would be at 13 roster spots. They'd get in Schroeder or Jackson. Then they're 14 and then they don't have any money. Luca Vildoza was just cut. He's signed for the room exception. Maybe the Knicks give him know. a the team option on the second year or a non-guarantee. They say, hey, uh, thanks for working with us. We're going to give you a little bit more money. Or we're also going to give you one fewer year of team control. We really appreciate you working with us. Let's do it. And then the Knicks have salary at their disposal to include in a trade or or keep him or just you know cut him loose at the end of the year. So uh, there's some mechanics going on. I know there's also the idea of Colin Sexton. Um, I think his market is... Kind of dormant at this point because the Cavs would basically just be bidding with the Knicks. A lot of teams are set. So my guess is that the Cavs are probably going to say, well, you know, we didn't like the offers before. Let's just take a gamble. Maybe this thing works with him. If not, we can always flip him at the deadline. Uh, And then the other thought process is with Jalen Brunson where um, Mark Berman reported, and, and it's been reported elsewhere, I think Ian Begley as well with S&Y. Mentioned Jalen Brunson. He mentioned uh, not just Jalen Brunson, but the idea of a sign and trade with, with Reggie Bullock.
1: I wanted to get to this. So yeah. the, the Knicks, according to Ian, were the ones potentially pushing for that, correct? Uh, and, yes. And the theory would be, um, well, I guess one, potentially they would be getting a player back, but two, wouldn't they be getting a, a traded player exception?
2: Uh. Depends. I mean, this would it would have probably been if it were a cap space, and then you can't okay. have a, a TPE with cap space. But uh, the bottom line here is this: the Mavericks have a traded player exception because they just sent Josh Richardson into Boston without really taking any money back, so they can absorb a salary in a trade using that. Um, the Knicks are basically saying, "Hey, let's send Reggie Bullock into that traded player exception." But the Mavs could say, no, we're not really interested in that. We'd rather just sign Reggie Bullock to the Mm -hmm. mid-level exception. And then during the season, because we have a full calendar year, we'll just, you know, use the TPE on someone else. Maybe someone who is available during the trade deadline, something like that. So the Knicks are trying to get something out of Dallas, but Dallas doesn't need to give up anything. So, you know, maybe the Knicks try to do, you know, maybe they do try to get Brunson, but It seems like the idea of getting Schroeder or Jackson, as long as a third team can play along, might be a little bit more feasible in this case. I I think it's a matter of dollars and cents. I I mean, I have to think if Schroeder, the fact that
1: he all of the smoke that the Knicks were interested in Schroeder couldn't have been nothing like there had to be there has to be some legitimate interest there. He he does fit the profile kind of of a Tibbs point guard. Um, you'd probably be playing him less minutes than Derek Rose. Like, I think he's just dead set on. He wants a certain amount of money if I had to guess, but I, you know, I don't know. And then as far as Reggie Jackson, the Jackson thing is fascinating because he knows what he can get from the Clippers. I, mean, I would imagine the Clippers have offered because they only, they, the for anybody who doesn't know, the Clippers can only offer him up to, what is it? $11 million, 10 and change, something in like that. that, that. Yeah. In that ballpark. They can't go more than that just because of cat mechanics. Um, and the contract that he was signed to. So, what's he waiting for? Because there's no, like, where's the other team out there that like there's no other team that is that makes sense that would pay him more money. So I just that's that
2: one's confusing to me. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, but I'm also confused. My guess is it has something to do with Kawhi, but Kawhi can't go anywhere either because there's nowhere yeah. that has the money. I mean, yeah. he's not, unless he's going. You know, unless Oklahoma City, they fin you know finagle something, but it's not going to happen. And I, I don't mean Kawhi going to OKC. I'm just saying, as a third team and a vehicle and yeah. whatever. But I just don't see it happening. So it's odd to me why Kawhi says, "Hey, I'm going to meet with these teams." It's done. The market's pretty much wrapped. It's like yeah, what? It's like Kawhi and John Collins and and Schroeder. That's And then Jackson as a result, yeah. uh, right? And and now the Spurs are out. So and allegedly the hawks offered five 125 million dollars to john collins who didn't take it i don't know why but now his market is gone too are the hawks going to basically say well this is our offer you can either take the qualifying offer and deal with it or not you know that that i'm curious about but that's the thing with reggie jackson i don't understand why unless yeah. he's just waiting for Kawhi to sign but Kawhi can't really go anywhere else so um
1: it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Um. I'm, if they go into the season with this is their roster and they don't add anybody else, um, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be heartbroken. I, I think I'll be okay with it. The, the notion that though, that as you've spoken about that, the importance of entering next summer as an over the cap team, um, it would, they would have to, uh, sign, I guess, sign a buyout guy. So either trade for someone that takes them over the cap, or they would have to sign a buyout guy.
2: They can't. That's the thing, because they have to Why sign. Der- they have to sign Derrick Rose eventually. Uh, and once they sign Derrick Rose, then yes. the money commits. So, so for that's the right. sequence of order or the order of sequence for how this is going to go down, the Knicks are going to sign Fournier and Burks and Noel, yes. right? Using then, cap space. Using cap space. That's the yeah. first thing they're going to do. Then after that. They can keep Rose's cap hold and sign anyone else using cap space. Here is yep. that amount of that's left over. And that's Once that. that happens, what is it? Eight
1: million dollars you've been hearing
2: about around. Yes. Around yes. that ballpark. Once that happens, then the Knicks go over the salary cap to re-sign Derek Rose. They can sign someone to the room exception. They can sign Taj Gibson to his minimum contract. Yep. And it works perfectly. But it's like this one window where if the Knicks do not capitalize on it, it's gone. And they really need to because if they keep it's adding salary, it's just a waste of money. So so that's the thing. It's like, I look at this in two directions. Uh, number one is the financial component of it. Yeah. Uh, the second one is also just at the point guard spot. I, you know, again, I, I think the team, it's pretty clear that they don't view Derrick Rose as a consistent starter. Um just, he doesn't
1: want to be a starter. Right. We and I think they're yeah. worried
2: about the wear and tear. And as I said last as night, they should be. he hasn't played that many games in general. He, he doesn't eclipse 60 games a year. And if you're paying $13 million, which granted, I think is a very fair contract. Um, it, I think it's worth it, especially when you look at the other six man of the year guy award contenders. But,
1: he was their best player in the playoffs last year. He's worth right. $14 million. If the last year isn't guaranteed, it's, he's really worth $14 million. Right.
2: And then you've got three guys. You've got Vildoza, who, I mean... Listen, the Olympics are are its own thing. It's it's an isolated thing. But we'll see what happens. But we'll see what happens there indeed. But I I just don't think they see him as a starter. And then you've got Emmanuel Quickly, who, again, I think they're just, they're not going to thrust him into a starting position and basically like figure it out. will be great. I think they're going to want someone who's a little bit more steady behind the wheel in terms of proven experience. And they're not starting a rookie. Right. They're not starting Deuce McBride. So you're looking at someone who, whether you agree with it or not, the Knicks want someone better than what they have right now to start at the point. If they didn't, they would have figured out other ways to do something. They wouldn't have gone after Kendrick Nunn, but clearly they want to address that position. I do that. And then you've got a deeper team. You can yeah. use that salary. You can use other salary and, and make trades that you want out of bada boom. <laughs> Well, a good way to end it. The the um the last thing I'll say for anybody
1: listening is like, well, Ola is still out there, Kelly Ubre Jr still out there. There is such a thing and I think this happened with um uh with the Marcus Morris. Now, we're happy Marcus Morris got signed because um he turned into a quickly. But I think there is a valid argument for that team that like Not that they would have been – it's going to sound stupid. They would not have been better without Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris was their best player for that half a season that he was here. But, like, it bumped everything else down a notch. Like, you know, and it just – the the starting lineup ended up getting clunky and the whole thing. I don't think that's a risk of of happening here. But putting the point guard position aside – I like the way everything is set up. That's the point that I want to make. I like the fact that you got, okay, Fournier, RJ, they're my wings. Okay, my backup wings, I got Quickly. I got Alec Burks. You got your Randall and your OB. Like That's all in good order. The only spots that I could see them at this point, obviously point guard, you know, would it shock you if they figured out a way to use the cap space on a center? And I'm not saying sign someone because there's no centers available that are worth, worth signing that money. Although Enes Cantor still is out there. Um, it, what would what would make you guys more? I know what the, my answer is. Make you more angry. They bring back Cantor or they signed Alfred Payton.
4: hundred percent. this isn't close. Alfred Payton. Yeah. Oh, see, for me, Cantor, back... Cantor stood up for Frank in like oh a God. fun moment. And the Knicks eventually benched him. You know what? Yeah, they but, didn't but, do it out for Payton.
1: If they, <laughs> until the playoffs? If yeah, I to, until it's too late. If I had to listen to Cantor give sound bites ever again, I don't... I, I would
2: it, take a million sound bites from from Ennis Cantor, than have to feel like I need to gouge my eyes out because I keep watching Alfred Payton. Before it is, it is not even possession. a competition.
4: Yeah, before a That's single fair. possession wasted, where Alfred Payton is not passing to a wide open R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're not signing Ennis Cantor or Alfred
2: Payton. Um... Yeah, I, but I, I like the way everything's set up. Um, okay, one, one just quick before we segue. Yes. Um I do want to say as well. Just kind of going back to the idea of if the Knicks entered next season without cap space. Talking about you know what you mentioned with with Marcus Morris and and that whole team, it brought to mind the fact that when the Knicks thought they were getting Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and and you know that whole thing, what happened when they didn't get it? They were left holding the bag and scrambling. And then they said, you know what? Let's, who cares about fit? Let's just get the best players that we can get and lump them together and see how it works. And the spacing was the worst in the NBA. And it's one of the worst I've ever seen. And instead, the Knicks didn't do that. They said, you know what? We're going to actually form a team based on what we want to accentuate and what we want to hide in terms of the, the areas of development and weaknesses. So in that sense, it's like, think back to next year again, if it's like Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and you're scrambling to get the best players on the market and you're trying to also figure out who fits and before you know it, someone else is flying off the board and, okay, do you have to, you know, make a big trade and overpay for someone because of the fact that you were banking on something? It's just, nothing is prepared about it. It feels like it's a wing and a prayer. And that's what cost Steve Mills his job. And there's a reason why. Because it was not the best plan. The backup plans were, again, just like, this is talent. Does it fit? doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll and, in the and by the way, the talent was
1: clearly good because Randall this year, Marcus Morris, generally over the last few years, Bobby Portis in his right role is like, like, you know, Reggie Bullock, fit. Wayne Ellington. It's like, it was just, it was too much. It didn't, it was clunky. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, last thing I, I, very, very last thing on this before we talk about the league. Um, I think it's, it also shouldn't go um, without at least recognition. they, Wanted to get certainty like they they didn't let things linger to the point that they would be left then scrambling with imperfect options or putting together an imperfect team, because that's the that's the other danger about having all this cap space and all of these all of these open spots is, um, yes, sure, there there's an upside there to you could craft things as you want, but if shit starts flying off the board and then you're suddenly left scrambling, like, and then, and I don't want that to be mistaken for let's sign Tim F. A Mozgov for four years and $64 million at the, at midnight. That's not, again, the valuation of these contracts is very different from some of the minute one signings that we have seen in free agency in years past. That was not what these were. They were solid, not spectacular. Solid. Okay. Um, Let's go here. Is there one thing uh, somebody, some other team did that the Knicks did not do that you are jealous of or you, you really wanted them to do?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, there's one move that I would have liked the Knicks to have done instead. Can I guess what it is? Sure. Go right ahead. Um, I think... You
1: wanted. Oh, oh wait, no, I, that's sorry. I thought I was looking at Kelly olinnick, Um, no, you didn't want Kelly. Olenek. Um, no, I don't think you're a Rashawn Holmes guy. Um, I, I, I know it's not Duncan Robinson.
2: Uh, man, I to tell you Devontae Graham. No, it's not Devontae Graham. Who? so we're talking about how New Orleans and got a three year deal, $32 million, really two years in 21 or so. Yeah. Um, Let's say that deal is two years. Okay. I mean, I would have I would have appreciated the Knicks taking on Derek Favors and that first round pick. Oh. See, again, I understand that Derek Favors doesn't necessarily fit what the Knicks are looking for. Offensively, he does. Listen, he's a Defensively, good. Offensively, he doesn't. He's but, a
1: good, but he's no, come on, he's a good player.
2: Of course, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's player. it's like you know you're you're taking on a salary dump and you're getting a future first round pick for it. You could use that pick for more ammo, and that's the continuity like, part of
1: it. They wanted the continuity, clearly.
2: But they had, but that's my thing. Yeah. They clearly have continuity with Taj, Burks, Rose, and every other young player that's. But coming Favors by. is awesome, right? Like he's getting an awesome piece, and you're getting a first round pick. And it, he seems like a great guy. Like
1: that, to me, that strikes me as a guy who would have fit in well in like a lot. I mean, who knows? But you know,
4: right? What gets sent out though? What would they trade? The Knicks. Yeah,
2: I mean the, the Jazz were nine. cutting salaries, so they could send a second yeah. round pick if they wanted to. Oh,
4: so it'd be one of the, they could send into their, and they into could their cut cap Aldoza. space.
2: Yeah, right. It's absorbing it. And so. that trade that was made on on draft night, though, right? I believe it was. And the Knicks had the space for that too. That's yes, but it was
1: made on draft night for the 30th pick in the draft, right? No, the, no, or, it was a it was future first. first. Oh, okay, all right. That, right. I, mean, I believe it was. I mean, no answer. If you it, want to you double check what while we're doing, whether that. it, whether it is, whether it was or it wasn't that to me just speaks to the reality of like, look, what the Knicks did may not have been Leon Rose's plan. A, he may have had other designs right. on the, on the cap space, which we, we could sit here and acknowledge that what those designs were. I can't tell you my, my suspicion. And this is the, this is the way that I'm going to turn. Um, no one's going to want to hear this. I don't really give a shit. Um, I, I'm not going to say Duncan Robinson because that's too easy. Um, the honest answer is I think Spencer Dinwiddie, it's not official yet, obviously, that he signed, but the reports are that he's going to sign in Washington for three years. And I believe uh, 60 million is the number that's been tossed around. If I, if I recall. Um, I just am a really big fan of Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he's a really good player. Um, I think the shooting his, his lack of shooting is much overblown. Um, and I think, look, let's be honest. There's already been talk about how Beal likes his game. He likes Bill's game. That's there's maybe a synergy there. I don't, I don't get the sense that the Knicks for some reason, I like Dame is clearly where it's at in, in terms of the here and now, and maybe there's some other stuff that's where it's going to be at within a couple of years, whether that's a Zion or a, a um, uh, Donovan Mitchell or whoever. For the right now, if you're looking at okay, what's the trade that's going to happen in the next six months? It's Dame. It's not Beale. I i do not feel like I've ever seen any Beal buzz real like I was like, oh, that's legit. Um, in terms of the Knicks. All that being said, I just like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think it's a fair contract. I think three years, twenty million dollars, a good deal. Um, for them to have been able to sign this, it would have just been. Dinwiddie instead of I guess Burks, right? Cuz then they could have they would have had the space, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so. so to me that more yeah. than ball because again, I could see ball going poorly here. Um I I just I don't know, I think Dinwiddie would have been good for this team. I know they were in on him. Um, it's, it's. I'm sure that's been reported elsewhere. Although I, I believe Bondi tweeted today that they never made a formal offer. I think the reason they never made a formal offer is because they couldn't. Th- I, there had to be some kind of a disagreement in, on something in terms of guaranteed years or whatever. But um, I would
4: have liked Spencer to. It is Probably. a. It is a first round pick, by the way, for Derek Favors. Right. Is it future yeah. first? Or, a future first. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I would have liked that. I, I think the one thing with Dinwiddie is I can't blame the Knicks for not committing you know if it's let's say it's three years that was guaranteed um to a guy who's had two, ACL two ACLs. Tears. that's uh, you know there's a reason why i think they were a little bit more trepidatious on it it's because they're concerned about what the wear and tear looks like for someone i, I know you're saying the shooting is overblown um but i think it's thing. i think it's still it's a, a, a reason for concern as well but no he's a he's a better passer than he gets credit for i think you can switch better with him because yeah. of his size um nice size. I, I think it's it's Okay, that they passed it up. I, I'm not quite as um, heartbroken, or not, I don't mean that in a, no, in a rude way. No, I, no, I just, no, no. It, it's not quite eating at me like it seems to be eating at you. No, it's not. It's, listen,
1: it's not eating at me. And all things considered, I think if you said to me, I, I, I think Spencer Jim, when he's well, but then again, he may still need to have his injury managed. I was going to say Spencer Jim, he's probably going to play more minutes than Derek Rose, but like. The Derrick Rose that I saw last year is probably every bit as good as the version of Spencer Dinwiddie that we're going to get next year. So it's like, that's the other thing about the Rose signing. It's like there's Rose exists in this weird place in the mental makeup of, of NBA fans where the recollection of the guy who was literally out of the league that nobody fucking wanted, who was waved is not that far away, but He's also the, I mean, aside from the former MVP, he's also the guy that came to the Knicks and was 30, what was he, 28 and seven on the team. And then he was the best player in the playoff series. So like, that's a real thing that happened. And then think he's only 32 years old. So, you know.
4: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Next, should we we hit on some other teams? Yeah, let's look around the league. Let's look around the league. Okay, so um, we got to start here. So the Bulls today. Look, let me just say. If the Knicks did this. I would have talked myself into it. If the Knicks did and again it's 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 not apples to apples because um the Knicks didn't trade two first round picks for and a promising young center for Nikola Vucevic. They didn't um and uh, uh, so they're not out a pick already. Um but like if they for argument's sake gave 85 million dollars to Lonzo Ball and then gave 3 years $87 million guaranteed to DeMar DeRozan. I would have been like, all right, you know what? Giddy up. Let's see what this basketball team could do. I'm, I'm curious to see what those two guys, plus RJ, plus, plus Randall, plus you know, the, the kids and the whole thing. I'm curious to see what they could have done. Um, at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'd be like, holy shit, this might end in disaster. And I would immediately be thinking to myself, man, I hope Portland likes Lonzo Ball. Because if they don't, we're kind of fucked because this team isn't going anywhere significantly better than a better place than it is right now. The Bulls are in that spot, albeit with uh, Zach Levine. We do not have a Zach Levine. I know you're going to tell me, well, Julius Randle made the second team all NBA. Zach Levine didn't make any. All-NBA. Listen, Zach Levine's obscenely good. He His efficiency is off the charts. He could do things that just there aren't many guys in the league that could do. Um they have him. We do not. So that's different. They are also now out. What's the, they could trade one first, they have one first round pick left that they could trade in 2027, right?
2: 2028,
1: I think. 2020. Christ. So they're, they're at a, a significant pick deficit. Um, you know, are they completely boxed into a corner? Not really. You know, Patrick Williams could pop Kobe white, I guess theoretically could still pop. I don't know what that's going to look like, but um, you know,
2: this is their team
1: now um so jeremy i know you have some, some some thoughts on this
2: i mean i would not have rationalized it i would have been like <laughs> i've been like <laughs> we are so fucked i i mean you're right if the knicks had done this it would have felt like oh my god be better this be is a basketball team sure that's nice yeah. but I, I don't want better i want i want to yeah. build to greatness and this to yeah. me feels like a very high floor team and when i say very high floor team i mean like first round maybe, maybe second round He You catch an exit. injury break, you know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, anything's possible. But again, it's like, it's going all in on this team. And I would have been dumbfounded. I would have been pretty crushed. I would have been really upset. Also, the fact is that they signed and traded for uh, DeMar DeRozan. They signed and traded for uh, Lonzo Ball. Yeah. And yeah, they have nothing in in the, you know, the powder keg. It's, it's empty. It's completely dry. So in terms of first round picks. And I just feel like, you know, last... What, off season during the, the lull of the pandemic, when the Bulls were were looking for new front office, it seemed like every single media member was saying, oh, my God, Karnasovas, he's from Denver. Denver's great. You know, this is going to be perfect. He's wonderful. The connections. Th- this is fantastic. We love this. It's great. And now it's just like, what the fuck did he just do? He boxed this team into a corner to the point where... <laughs> How are they supposed to make moves, right? Okay. Well, Levine, Levine,
1: if Levine, how old is Levine? 25? I think he's 26. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's 26. 26. If Levine, I don't know what, is there a 10% chance he elevates himself to a legitimate top 10 NBA player? Is there, is there a 10% I, chance
2: of that? I, I mean, I think that might be a little generous. And I know 10% a isn't chance. a lot. But, but what are the odds that Levine even leaves? But he.
1: What oh, you, like, mean, you mean stays? Oh, states. really? No, I'm saying, Oh, well, no, what are the odds okay. What
2: happens if, if Zach Levine looks around and is like, okay, so let me get this straight. Uh, I'm playing with Vucevic, who is an all star, but. Can't defend the pick and roll to save his life.
1: Oh, they're, they're, yeah, this game, I'm this playing can't with defend anybody.
2: <laughs> Demar Derozan, who drive who drove 18 times a game last year. Uh, and I do like the ball in my hands. And he doesn't like an outside shot unless it's in the mid range. So we have to worry about spacing the floor a bit, and we can't provide a point of attack defense. Uh, I've got Lonzo Ball, who again can function well, but he's going to be an off ball wing, which means he's spotting up quite a bit. He takes on a lot of the tougher assignments, and he's good at it. But, you know, that's still tough. I've got Patrick Williams, who is supposed to be more <laughs> of a, I don't want to say project, but he's coming along a bit more slowly than some of the other players. I think he can be a really good asset. But in that window, I don't see it. I've got Alex Caruso, who is I like hey, Alex Caruso. He's good. He's a pesky he's player. player. I'm, I'm, I'm player. you know, I, it brings defensive intensity. I, I do like him. But like Caruso isn't what's going to keep me necessarily there. And it's looking at this team and it's like it's seeing the windows and how they overlap. And the, the avenues that are basically closed off where if you want to make a trade for some big name, um, you have to use Patrick Williams and, and one ball. of the other guys. And it's ball. like Patrick Williams and ball, right? And how many teams are going to really be that interested in that? It's a lot to put in I, I, for, for I mean, what's I, going on. I like Williams. Can I
1: just say, it just, it just hit me. You want to talk about the team that should have offered Mr. Sir Duncan Robinson a three-year max contract? because I'm pretty sure a three-year max of Duncan Robinson is the exact same amount of money that they just gave to DeRozan, right? Because a first-year max for a zero- to six-year player in the current cap is like, what, 27 $28 million? Yeah, around that Okay, point. so it's maybe it's a couple bucks more than DeRozan. The formula in the NBA, with the rules they are now, is quite simple. You got your action, but you're, you're between two guys, and then outside of that action, you got shooters. That's it. Very simple. Zach Levine is going to be one of the guys in that action, probably with Vucevic, who's a very good offensive center. Um, You got a a blueprint there, right? Adding ball made a lot of sense. DeRozan just it it it's I don't I mean I I'm sure it'll it'll they'll figure it out. To a certain extent, but in the playoffs, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that's going to go.
2: Yeah, uh, I, sorry, I was just reacting to uh, speaking of shooters, and I named him on the podcast. Hassan Whiteside just signed with the Jazz, so uh I say shooters obviously facetiously, um, but hey, I guess he is the Derek Favors replacement. Um, so yeah, that's, I, a, I, that's a surprising. I, it, anyway, it's got to be depth. That's pretty much what yeah. it is.
1: So. Uh, by the way, how about Andre Drummond backing up? <laughs> Joel That's the funniest moment of the it's, day, but easily. yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we didn't love the, um, Oh, we should have also mentioned in our point guard discussion before George Hill, who was waived very late last night. It um, uh, got picked up uh, by the bucks. He's back in Milwaukee.
2: I wouldn't have minded George Hill for the remaining cap space for, for one year. I would have. You wouldn't. You don't again, like George Hill? again, it's, it's not, no one year's worth of salary. I, it has to be multiple years because okay. then you keep it on the books for longer. But with mm-hmm. George Hill, it, I'm not giving him $8 million from the Knicks. And he's also not a starting point guard. You know, I mean, he's, he's the type of guy where, you know, like he's more of, a, of an off-ball guard who shoots nicely, um, but he's not going to drive. He's not going uh, to dribble much to the rim. He's not going to penetrate quite a whole lot. Um, I don't think the Knicks see a, what, I think he's 34, 35 something in that ballpark. He's not young. Right. Probably 34. So that's, he doesn't fit. That's not necessarily what the Knicks want.
1: Um, yeah, no, it's, it's not, um, should we move on to the, the one big team?
2: Yeah, let's, let's finish,
1: let's finish up with, I think uh, we'll do a producer's corner after this, but let's, uh, let's do the Lakers real quick. So, um, all I want to say is this, you, you could talk about the Lakers other moves, which whatever. Um, I'm sure that there are fans listening to this today who are disappointed that Carmelo Anthony will not be coming home as it were. Um, look, I, I, I Carmelo, it, let me say this, putting the basketball part of it aside. And I, I'll again, reference what I said before about, I like the, everything is in order here. And there's not the, like it's pretty clear what the roles are going to be. And there's not going to be any chicanery there. Um, the The notion of making good with Mello, I, def, I think, had value. Um, this was the organization he gave seven years of the, in the prime of his career to. Um, it ended on acrimonious terms. Um, you know, I think there is something to anybody who's ever said, like, people around the league notice that shit. I know it's a different regime here. Um, I know Dolan and him apparently got along swimmingly. But I think there would have been some merit to him coming back to this team and finishing things where where he started that aside i like i'm sorry this te- this team has needs i'm not saying mellows done as a player i'm not saying any of that i just from a basketball standpoint i just it, that's not where the knicks are at right now i just want to say that first that's all
2: i agree um and i will turn it over to you to speak about other things on the lakers oh well, yeah i mean just with Melo, i yeah there's not really a spot um the only thing I could think of is basically you're saying, okay, Nick shouldn't sign Burks. Let's uh, give Mello a minimum deal. Let's convert the money to Spencer Dinwiddie instead. And I, I just don't think that's a solid plan. Mello shouldn't be chasing guys around the perimeter. He should be a four. He's and a if four. you're committed to Julius Randall and Obi Toppin, then, you know, like Mello's going to need time. Does that mean you're trading Obi Toppin to give Mello more time? Uh, Cause we know that the Knicks aren't going to play Obi and Randall that much together, barring injury. So anyways, it's, there's a lot going on. but a lot And of he's, people, happy he he's happy now. He's happy. Let him that? ring, Chase. He yeah. deserves it. Go for yes. it. Yes, Melo deserves his ring. There, yes. I said it. Um, so a lot of people <laughs> have reached out to me asking about how the Lakers are doing this. And the reason yeah. I want to bring it up is, you know, we, we can turn this into a, a general NBA discussion, but also because there's a good chance that in a few years, this will actually be where the Knicks are at. we we hope we hope we hope hope. um so it's the sort of thing where and and, you know i'll say it again in a few years but it started like this right the lakers traded out these pieces for russell westbrook the math behind it works they got montrez harrell to opt into the contract uh that he had and then they shipped him caldwell pope and kuzma to uh washington and then in return, they're getting Russell Westbrook.
1: The, the, in a trade that has not been completed yet, it can't be completed for another three days. And there is a possibility that the trade still expands to include other teams, but I digress.
2: Correct. Uh, so it could get bigger. So let's say that's everything that goes down. In the meantime, the Lakers have a few things at their disposal. Number one, minimum contracts, right? So what Melo signed, a minimum contract. Malik Monk signed a minimum contract. Uh, anyone you could pretty much think of uh, that's not named Kendrick Nunn, signed a minimum contract. Um, Kendrick Nunn, he signed the taxpayer mid-level exception. That's the only thing that they that the Lakers could really have at their disposal because if they did the mid-level exception, then they would be hard-capped, which basically means that they've spent too much money um, and they would be spending more than that, which is not allowed. You can't go over the hard cap at any point this season. So they had to just use the tax Ex- the tax level exception, which is like $6 million, give or take, which is what mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn got, and he got a player option in the second year. Or I guess it was five, and or it's six, but he got five, whatever. They're splitting it up in some way. Um, the third thing in this case, or fourth thing, is uh, Taylor Horton Tucker got an extension. So mm-hmm. because the fact that the Lakers aren't hard capping themselves, similar to like with the Nets, where the Nets can just hand out money um, based on extensions, exceptions, or minimum contracts. That's what they did. So they agreed to. I think it was like three years and thirty-two, thirty-three million dollars, something yeah. like
1: that. And just for anybody, you keep you reference hard capping a couple of times. There are certain things that you could do in an, in the NBA with different manipulations of the salary cap that trigger something called the hard cap. Um, the hard cap is at one forty. Was it one forty-two, one forty-three, something around there?
2: Yes, it's. uh it basically there's the luxury tax and yes. then a little bit more above that is the tax the hard apron. Cap. That's where the hard cap is. It's yeah. right at the tax apron. So
1: you can blow way past that. Like I think last season, the was it the Sixers, maybe the Warriors, maybe both of them, I don't know, had salaries that were way above that because they did not do anything to hard cap themselves. So the Lakers, as I understand it is what you're saying, have not hard capped themselves, correct?
2: There are like three ways for them to hard cap themselves. Uh, the first is, is a sign in trade if the player or players that they are acquiring were free agents. If they're under contract right now, which Russell Westbrook is, and you know that sort—I of, mean, that's a different story. But even with Schroeder, right? Let's say the Knicks sent Knox to the Lakers, and like that wouldn't be hard capping them, even though they're sending yeah. out Schroeder.
1: Which the second, but not yes. Reggie Bullock, which is why for when right. people were talking about sign in trades involving Reggie Bullock for Schroeder, the Lakers would not have been able to do that. Because it would hard cap themselves. Right.
2: The second is using uh, the the non taxpayer mid level exception, which is ten million dollars. Anything that's uh, in between what the taxpayer would be, which is around six, to what the non taxpayer is, which is around ten. Anything in that range that hard caps you. Then there's also the biannual exception that is I forgot like, about that. A few million dollars. Mm-hmm that also hard caps you. The Lakers haven't done any of that. So they're yeah. still able to do all these pieces. Same thing with the Nets, right? Um, the, I think a big reason with Spencer Dinwiddie is if they sign and trade him, which Washington has to do because they don't have salary or they don't have cap space. Um, the Nets are not going to hard cap themselves. They're not going to do the biannual. They're not going to do mid-level because it'll be the tax mid-level. Um, sorry, they're not going to do the non-taxpayer. They're going to do the taxpayer mid-level. And they're not going to do, you know, anything that would clip them in terms of what they could do. So moving forward, this is also why it's so important for the Knicks to keep adding salary yeah. because down the line, you know, there will come a time where maybe they like next year, right next year, the Knicks will likely have the uh, non-taxpayer mid-level exception at their disposal because they will be over the cap. They won't have dipped down, which means that they don't have to worry about the room exception. They get the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. And then moving forward, it'll be taxpayer mid-level and, doing what the Lakers do again, we hope, but that's, it's a good problem. To that's have. basically how it works.
1: Yeah. Um, and they, and give the Lakers credit, you know, for as much as we could sit here and make fun of uh, the Russell Westbrook trade and how that's going to fit um, or how it's not going to fit as it were, um, you know, they know what they're doing with the cap as most teams do, um, you know, and, and, you know, to bring it back to the Knicks um, again, we're a long way away from where the Lakers are, where the Nets are. The Nets are obviously they are also getting players left and right, it seems, Patty Mills and, and what have you. Um teams set themselves up for summers like this where they can do and then but then you see some other teams that didn't set themselves up as well. And then they, you know, it's it's more of a, a struggle for them to to manipulate the the cap in this way. The Knicks seem to know what they're doing on that end, which again, um, you may not like the signings that they made. You, you you know, you may think they should have gone a different direction. There is more logic to this stuff than just the players, you know, that they that they brought in, although that is obviously, you know, the, the largest part of it. Um okay, I, I think we've done this post mortem just anything else on your mind, Jeremy?
2: I'm still curious about how this point guard position will yeah. shake out and yeah. leftover money, but that's uh who knows? I mean, and the time it takes between this dropping or us recording this and it dropping, maybe it's figured out. Um, yeah. But the Knicks have a little bit of time where they can also do it. I mean, the, the money that Rose is getting, it's not going away. The question is the market and I, how that works. I do want to say
1: just to piggyback on something that you said earlier, the notion that it is important for the Knicks to go into next summer as an over the cap team, which I completely agree with you, um, I wonder how much of who they sign, because I'm guessing they're they're at this point probably going to want to sign a one plus one where they have the team option, right? Does that make that, sense?
2: That or it could be you know a player like Schroeder, or Reggie Jackson's getting two years guaranteed, and the third year is non guaranteed. Something so.
1: I wonder that again. You you referenced it before. How much of this is Dennis Schroeder doesn't want to lock himself into two years? Dennis Schroeder um, sees the exact same impending free free agent market as you do next summer with the likes of Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart headlining that class, and be like, "Fuck this! I don't want to." Ha- next summer, I'm not gonna to have to compete with the Kyle Lowry's and the Spencer Dinwiddie's and the Alonzo Balls of the world. I'm gonna be at the top of the heap. So I I would imagine that is as big a reason as any anyway, white, he has um, not signed yet. So I wonder if this is basically going to come down to them finding a player who is willing to take himself off the market for two years. And, um, and I wonder who that, who that, who that player is. I don't, I don't know,
2: but it's not just taking himself off the market. It's taking himself off the market and he's feel like he's getting a, a, a strong deal, but the Knicks also feel like you can trade that player. I mean, again, it's, I think the reflection of Dennis Schroeder is that clearly not a a lot of teams were jumping to sign Schroeder for something. Jake L. Fisher uh, talked about it, and there's a reason. When he said that the Knicks seemed to be the only team prepared to give him an offer, I guess there's a reason why. His market just isn't there. So if you're the Knicks, you know if you're locking into Schroeder on a three-year deal where the first two years are guaranteed and you're giving him in excess of $15 million, how many teams are going to want to pay Dennis Schroeder a guaranteed 15, $16 million next year, uh, the 20, you know, 2022, So that's what you have to figure out if you're Brock Aller and Leon Rose, how tradable is this player going to be? And I think that you could honestly say that Nerlens Noel is easier to trade than Dennis Schroeder. I mean, granted Dennis Schroeder was traded for Danny green. It's not like Dennis Schroeder has not been traded before. He was also traded from Atlanta. So clearly his contract gets passed around. Um, but how valuable is it going to be at that point i don't know
1: jeremy the, there's only one name
2: it's frank nilakina yes clearly where this is heading for hey listen I, i'll put this out there for the room exception i would listen, i would understand it like just based on on the who's left and yeah. wanting to use the room exception and adding more salary to your disposal I get it, right? It makes sense to me. You yeah. get a team option on the second year for Frank. If it doesn't work out this year, all right, that's fine. If it does work out, that's also great. And guess what? It's still salary that can be outgoing in a trade. So I have zero problem whatsoever because who else is there really to use on the room exception? Because how many guys are really going to get significant minutes?
1: Raul Neto, anyone? Uh,
4: anyway, okay. Pass on Raul. A- a- Andrew, before we get out of here, anything from you? Yeah. So two producer notes, um, first, I just want to comment on two things I heard from tonight. And just the thing about Spencer Dinway, Um, if you're thinking about it from a Bradley Beal perspective, I have enough confidence because you mentioned, Jeremy, as I was rewatching our marathon stream, um, your whole thing about like tampering's a thing like these guys are talking. If Spencer Dinwiddie was going to be the recruiting chip for the Knicks, he would be a New York Knick right now. I think it says a lot that he isn't. That right. they've read the tea leaves, the scuttlebutt that we don't get to see has said, "Bradley Beal's probably not leaving Washington," which even more indicates that he's not leaving Washington. That the team he, the Dinwiddie, did go to was Washington. So, yep.
2: and At, if Beal doesn't leave Washington. Take a look at the Celtics because the Celtics are purposely trying to create cap space for next year. And if the Celtics are unable to land Beal, we can look at them and be like, hey, you know what? That could have been the Knicks. Yeah. And if that's the case and they're like, well, we've just wasted another year of the two Js," And I mean, that's pretty tough to sell to them, to the fan base, all of it. So uh, I kind of hope at this point that Bradley Beal stays. Because I just don't see him as a Knicks target, uh, and I don't want the Celtics to get him either. So um, yeah, that's the that's the keep Celtics. them in mind. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the team. Um, okay. Only thing
4: only I'll say about Chicago is I don't. I think it's two completely different situations, completely different um, players that they acquired. I just remember also hating everything Atlanta did last year, and yeah. then Trey took a leap. And that team fit perfectly around him. And again, I don't I personally don't see how this fits the same way that I call it called it fell into line for Atlanta. But maybe, you know, Levine with better players around him can also take same leap like trade. It is the only comp I could could make um, at the same time. If we're here to make mm. jokes at the expense of the Chicago Bulls, I'm all for it. Well, you know? yeah, but just to your point, the East got a lot better. Yeah, let's just acknowledge
1: that the East has got a lot better. And, and I was going back and forth with Jerome Weissman about this on Twitter today, and he's not wrong. You know what the Knicks did for anybody who's like, oh, they had a great offseason or they had a decent offseason, so that means they're going to be a play. like. There's a real possibility the Knicks are the seventh, eighth, ninth. I mean, I don't even, I, I could probably go further down. I'm not going to best team record wise in the conference. And guess what? They could might still they might be a better team. Um, and, and now is not the time to do it and go through their schedule and point to all of the instances where, yeah, I'm going to say it. They maybe got a little lucky um, with injuries or you know whatever else. But like, you know, they weren't that many games ahead of whatever
4: it was, seventh last year. They're two um, losses away from being the sixth seed. Yeah, it's um, literally they're a game ahead of Miami and Atlanta.
2: Plus, and and one, because Miami had the tiebreaker.
4: That's right. Yeah. So, and well, let's put it this way. Going into the last weekend of last
1: season, there was a possibility that they could fall to seventh. So um, yes. that that much I remember. Yes. Um, so, Boston self-combusted. And then, yeah. yeah. So you look at, you know, Atlanta whole season with this roster, probably healthy. This coach, the whole thing. Chicago, what they've done. Miami, what
4: they've done. Um, and who knows what, you know, So, yeah, it's going to be a tough go with things. Yeah. Um, And then I'll just thank you to literally everybody that wished me a happy birthday today. Um, I've done this for both of your birthdays, and I made a joke about it on Twitter today that there's obviously a famous person that has my birthday and we're not wishing that person a happy birthday. But I figure I'll be the bigger person and wish Martha Stewart a very happy (laughs) eight. What? It's her 80th birthday. She's like 80. She's the goat of entertainment television. She's good for 80. Well, honestly, the, the former goat became the president, and we can't acknowledge him anymore. But um, Martha Stewart, happy. Was that not who you thought I was? Was it like a sports? Okay, sports-related person. No idea who you're talking about. Nate McMillan, happy birthday. It's his 50, <laughs> the, the coach that turned the Hawks around. You guys give me this weird look, like of somebody say, I'm missing. Is it an athlete? We don't have to say. Oh, Troy name. Gloss, the former yeah. baseball player. All these people have your birthday. Yeah. Birthday? yeah. Troy Angel. Gloss is 45 years old. It's Mark Reynolds' birthday. Fine. I'll go to the football one. Todd uh, Gurley. Yeah. He is 27 years old today. Happy birthday. He is the goat at his, one of the goats at his position has had some of the best individual seasons.
1: I had, I got Todd Gurley as a rookie in a fantasy uh,
4: dynasty auction. And I was mm-hmm. very happy with that investment. Yes. I'm sorry if you were expecting somebody else. I didn't mean to leave you deflated. No. Jeremy oh, got I that.
2: <laughs> I did. I did. That's good.
4: And just last thing again, thank you, everybody, for all the birthday wishes. And for those that I, I promised the live stream would be available on the podcast feed, talk to YouTube um, a little behind the scenes. When all of these live streams get done, when John's done doing a reaction to the game, Uh, I am given a a file that once it's available to download, I do so and then take the audio and put it on the feed. Well, those streams are usually 45 minutes to an hour. We did more than that. So it could take a couple (laughs) days for that to become available. As soon as it is, we will get it up there. And uh, last night was really special. And, you know, this this place where we get to do our thing is really special. So thank you. And, uh, you know, go Knicks. Really well said. Um I hope everybody has
1: enjoyed the last 24 hours, even if you didn't necessarily love the signings. Um, but hopefully you come around on them too. We are going to have um at least one more episode um for the rest of this week. Yeah. Um probably just one more, but you never know, because we're always up to some kooky shit. But we have some, some good things lined up um in uh the weeks ahead. And uh yeah. That's it. That's we that. hope everybody. We hope everybody's well, and we'll talk to you soon.